the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And I'm on. This is Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. Got Ken with me this morning. Good morning, buddy. How you doing? I am doing fine, Doc. How are you today? I'm good. Sounds like we got a little feedback. Are you sure you got all your buttons pushed right there, bud? I Actually, I do today. <laughs> <laughs> Check them out. <laughs> are you still hearing it? Uh, now it's better. Okay. All right. Well. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> I got us on the air. All right. Yahoo! How you doing so, today, Doc? What's on your mind? Oh my gosh, I got so many things going on. So uh, the 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 big story today is right here in Saint Petersburg, Florida. Jonathan Carroll, a 22 year old guy who uh, was already under arrest, house arrest, and I guess he shedded his ankle bracelet somehow. He went out and tried to hijack a an Amazon <laughs> delivery truck. So he and the driver were racing to get into the truck. And I guess the driver didn't win, so the driver escaped, and uh, Jonathan tried to take off with the truck, but guess what? What's that? He didn't know how to put it into gear. <laughs> <laughs> so so the police got him and uh, locked him back up, and I, I guess he'll be doing a couple of years in the, in the pokey. I would imagine so, after cutting off the bracelet. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I don't care if you hijack a city bus or if you hijack uh, – a train or a plane, but if you mess with my Amazon delivery, I'm not <laughs> happy, dude. I'm hot. What's going on with Florida? You know, um, schools aren't they teaching how to drive a stick shift anymore? No, they don't. They don't even know what stick shifts are anymore, Ken. <laughs> That's a sad, they don't, sad commentary. I don't think the kids. You know, my son can't even write his name in longhand. He can only print his name. Cursive, I guess, is going out. Yeah. It's gone, baby. It's gone. They're not even teaching it in some schools anymore. No. How can you sign, how can you sign your name if you can't, if you don't I, know I cursive? I have no idea. I, I guess, you know, electronically you can sign just about anything now. So I've got the electronic signature with uh, my Adobe Acrobat, and uh, I've also got the uh, DigiCert, which is uh, an electronic certification. You have to pay three or 400 bucks a year, and then you can sign everything and certify it. You can even send things encrypted and it's all changing, Ken. The world's changing. And speaking of computers, man, I had a bad week with them. So I go to the hospital to uh, read a nuclear stress test, and I have this. I had the uh, IT people set up a little computer in there that's separate from the the computer for the for the nuclear machine, so that I could dictate. Because you can't use the nuclear machine; it's proprietary and it's just hooked up to the uh, to the equipment there. And so I go to dictate and it's not on so i turn it on and it takes about 20 minutes for it to boot up <laughs> <laughs> i'm like i can't wait and so then when i do come back it wants you to log in as an administrator into the hca system the hospital system well they're not going to give me an administrator's name and password you know i'm just a lowly doctor there 
I was so hot. Then I went over to the office and I've been struggling to get my echo machine to talk to my computers. Finally, I figured out how to get them talking to each other. But now I don't know how to talk to either one of them at the same time. <laughs> so I'm like, and then the front office, uh, my, my front office girls, they do not know how to scan using optical character reader, which, as you know, is the way you scan in so that you can actually manipulate a Word document. So I went up there and I figured out how to get it working, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to get the front office girls to use it. It's just. <laughs> it's not like you did a whole lot of medicine this week, Doc. There, I know I was spending all my time with these darn computers. I got a Commodore 64 at home if you want it, maybe. Oh, baby, I had one of those way back in the day. That was, what, the late 70s, early 80s? Early something? 80s, I guess, yeah. You still got it? I still have it. It's up in my garage attic, yeah. I'm going to That's... put it on the Internet one of these days, make $100. That's pretty cool. I'm yeah. impressed. The whole thing, the Mine's printer. I got the printer, the monitor, the whole system, yeah. By the way, I wanted to say uh, thank you to Carol and Whitney. They're two of our listeners who are also, I mentioned them last year. They're very interesting people during the pandemic. I, I guess they have some money, Ken, because during the pandemic, they traveled all over the country going to uh, lectures and seminars at uh, NYU and University of San Francisco School of Medicine and John Hopkins. Hey, they were traveling in the ground, ground zero at that time. Yeah, and well, they had on these uh, these. Uh, they look like the, the kind of mask you wear when you go into a nuclear plant, you know, with the things screwed into them and all that. It was pretty, pretty interesting. And uh, but they they seem to really appreciate what I've done. And and they said, Dr. Handelman, we've been all over the country and heard all kinds of experts. And you still know more than anybody else about the covid virus. So I would. I was thankful for that, and they sent me a little present again this year. So I'll say thank you, guys. Appreciate your patronage, and uh, glad you're listening. Yeah, you kept a lot of us alive, Doc. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. That's got to feel good when you sit down in front of the fire at night. Fire. Yeah. What am I talking about? There's no. You don't have a fireplace, do you? <laughs> yep. You do? Oh. And then uh, I had another couple of our listeners send me in some information on uh, malignant melanoma treatment. You know, I've talked about the melanoma, the really bad skin cancer, which I've cut a couple of them off or I've had them cut off of me. And apparently there was a woman who took the COVID vaccine and she had all these uh, melanoma lesions on her skin. Then they shrunk, Ken, they shrunk. And uh, so the researchers were, were postulating that it had some kind of an immune effect on the, uh, on the system that blocked the growth hormones or factors necessary for these cancer cells to grow. And then after that, I got another message from them that there's a group in the Netherlands who have figured out how to uh, extract the killer T lymphocytes out of the malignant melanoma cells, uh, make them reproduce so there's billions of them, then shoot them back into the patient. And these are killer T cells, so they go in and, and, and kill the melanoma cells, the cancer cells, which I thought was pretty, pretty neat. And they've had a pretty good success rate with it, I guess, about 40 to 50 percent uh, response rate. And 20 percent of the people have no no evidence whatsoever of residual cancer, at least at this point. I don't know how many years they've been doing this. Uh, the, the killer T cells are they're part of the lymphocytic series. They're white blood cells. And uh, their their specialty is, like they say, they're killers. So they go in and kill cancer cells. Um, Do all and, cancer cells have this of all kinds of of all types of cancer? 
Uh, well, no, this the the melanoma is what we call a solid tumor. Um, the solid tumors are like lung cancers, mm-hmm. melanoma, kidney cancers, and then there's uh, disseminated tumors or cancers like uh, leukemia, uh, lymphomas, where you have some solid and and some cells that are floating around free, but uh, there's different kinds of cancers, but the solid ones are the ones that uh, seem to be easily, most easily manipulated so far by these uh, killer T cells. If we can figure out how to get them to do their job, I guess there's just not enough of them, even though they find them inside of the tumor itself, um, there's just not enough of them to to kill the tumor. The tumor is growing faster than they can uh, reproduce and, and make sons and daughters to do their their work for them so we need to start drafting some t-cells t-cells yeah we need to we need to uh, we need to do that and i guess when you get a billion people army that that's going to be hard to defeat so <laughs> yeah. i like it Good. i like it. i it's a very exciting time in medicine isn't it from research oh, it's, it's really a neat time it, it, you know you, you just can't believe how far we've come in so many areas uh I'm lucky to have lived during this time in, in history. I love it. Every time I, I log on, I seem to find a story about um, a new procedure or technique that's working in cancer. I was reading one about uh, colon cancer this week. They're having some good success somewhere. I think it was in England someplace. Yep. So And and so we're very grateful for, for all of that uh, that's being done on behalf of our, our health and the researchers who often go unsung, you never know their names. Um, but uh, it's a good thing. Well, I'm glad we, they do what they do. Yeah, I'm glad they do what they do, too. I don't know that I could do it because I like being around people. And uh, I like, you know, I, like, I got a little bit of the showman in me, as you might have guessed. Uh, no. So, no. <laughs> Just a little bit. Yeah, I can't see you in a lab, Doc. Just sitting around all day doing that. No, I, I, I couldn't do that all day. I'd have to go out and cause some trouble somewhere, steal a, an Amazon delivery truck or something. Well, you can drive a stick, so. Yeah, I can drive a stick. They don't. The kids don't know how to do that anymore. They just don't. And, Are all the uh, fast cars now automatic transmission as well? No, I think so. And you know, my electric car—you got two gears, forward and reverse. That's, That's it. it? That's it. Really? And it's a, basically, it's just a little, it's almost like a push button. You know, you just twitch it a little bit and then you're in forward. Pretty neat. All right. So uh, there's now, there's some uh, flights from the United States to Europe for under $500 round trip. So that's pretty good. Uh, you might be able to take advantage of that this year if you're interested in going somewhere. Uh, flights go to uh, Iceland, Berlin, Paris, Prague, Barcelona. And a few other European cities, so you might want to check that out. There's Norse Atlantic Airways and Condor Airlines, which is pretty cool. It's this green and white striped jet. I love it. Looks like a Condor going through the sky, huh? Yeah, and it's like a French. And then there's the French B B E E and Neos Air. So if you're looking for a cheap flight to Europe this year, there you go. What's going on with Elon Musk? He's getting into it with everybody, isn't he? Um, I'm not sure what's going on with Elon right now. He is uh, not paying his rent anymore, and he's putting <laughs> and he's putting everybody back on Twitter like he said he was going to do. So that's a good thing. 
he suspended a few people, a few reporters who were tracking his private jet. And uh, he was criticized by uh, the left, of course, that he was for free speech, but that he wouldn't let these people uh, identify where he was in time and space. You know what? I don't know what that has to do with free speech. I thought free speech was about ideas and religion and that sort of thing. But uh, knowing where I'm at 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 a certain point in time is really nobody's business but my office staff's. Well, he's worried about assassination attempts, things like that. Oh, yeah. And kidnappings and things. Yeah, yeah, you shouldn't be (laughs) telling. When you get to to be the richest man in the world, you want to keep your uh, location kind of quiet, I would think. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, if if somebody knows where his jet is, they can shoot him down. Right. So get a shoulder launch missile, and if you don't like him, uh, you can shoot him down. And then I saw you remember Rob Reiner, you know the the guy that was on All in the Family, or whatever. yeah, sure. So he's on Twitter, and then he's saying, you know, free speech doesn't mean hate speech and anti-Semitism. Of course, he's from the Jewish side of the family, uh, and. Uh, I understand being upset about anti-Semitism and and hate speech, but you know what? That's free speech. Those are ideas. I mean, you may not agree with it, but the Supreme Court has allowed that in the past. And uh, I don't really think that a lot of people understand what free speech is. They don't even know what the First Amendment really says. Free speech is, as I've said before, it's a contract between you and your government not between you and Twitter or you and a neo-Nazi or you and a communist. It's it's just not that, Ken. And that doesn't mean that I condone it, but by the same token, uh, I think one of the best ways to fight these sorts of things is to get them out in the, in, in the sunshine, in the daylight, and then you can counter it. You can say, hey, you know what? Did you ever stop and think that maybe you're not right and uh, that we're human beings too? That uh, I don't know that 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 uh, mentality is is really uh, there with the with the left. I don't, I don't think they really understand how this works. They don't understand uh, debate and free speech. Well, yeah, can't, you, there's always been restrictions on free speech. You can't sh- shout fire in a crowded theater. No, and uh, that's not free speech anyway. A theater is a private venue, and you can't even stand up and, and voice your opinion on uh, on politics or religion in a theater because it's private property. It's not government. So when you go to the theater or you go to the movie or you go to an event, it's, it's not for you to I – mean, you can do it, but you're not supposed to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, remember when all the football players were taking a knee – Sure. Well, some of those stadiums were privately owned, and really, technically, they had no right to do that. But the employers, the owners of the teams, being uh, you know politically aware, they knew that if they put the quietus on that, that uh, they'd lose a lot of their their black viewers and their left wing viewers, and they didn't want to do that. Well, they ended up losing some of their right wing viewers, and I still have friends that won't watch NFL football because. The, the players took a knee a few years back. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I I wasn't happy about it, but what's more important, beer and football or a couple of guys <laughs> kneeling down for a while? I, you, you have to get your priorities. In, but they kind of stopped doing that after they stopped um, showing the uh, Star Spangled. They, 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 they cut out the uh, national anthem portion of the football game eventually. Isn't, isn't that stupid? It was, but it, nobody was showing anybody on their knees, so – you know, yeah. 
It's all about television, Doc, and money. It's all about sales, buddy. That's right. All about sales. So I guess Harry and Meghan, you know, the prince and his wife, um, they've got some kind of a Netflix show now. And I, I think Netflix has been taken over by the left, too. And uh, I saw some of her family talking, Ken, and they don't say very nice things about me. <laughs> I think they see her as a predator. Well, I think he and her and her father have had a strained relationship for a long time, from what yeah, I understand. Yeah, and her half-sisters, uh, they, you know, they said she never came around, and uh, she was always trying to take advantage of a situation. And she's pretty good, I guess, at, at, at uh, getting her face out there in the public, and now with with her husband being the prince of, uh, one of the princes of England, that's, or of Great Britain, that's not a bad, uh, bad way to advertise yourself, but. So they've got this show, and I guess they're going back and forth between the royal family and her family, and then their side of the story, which, of course, is largely baloney. She, you know, she's saying that uh, the the royal family was racist, and I don't think that that was a problem. I think that becoming a royal, is, it's like a job, Ken. You, you have to behave. It's like being on the radio. There are certain things you can and cannot do. And she did not like that. She wanted to run the show. Well, she ran into the Queen and a bunch of other folks in, along her path, and that's why they're back here now. I mean, if you don't curtsy and, and do all those things and uh, wave when you're supposed to and when you're in public, uh, they're not going to be happy because that's what you do. And there's a camera on you at all times. There's a camera on you, and you're supposed to be a, a liaison uh, for with the public for... Uh, the crown and for the the British government. That's that's what you do. That's, and they tell you what to wear. I mean, if your skirts are too short, you're going to hear about it. Oh yeah, but uh, she doesn't like that. Yeah, well, I never heard of her until she married this guy. To tell you the truth. No, I never heard of her either. I'm, I'm not sure that she uh, is anything other than an actress that that wasn't making good, and so she preyed upon uh, this. This Harry guy. Yeah, well, I think Harry, I don't know if Harry's changed his mind or not. I can't read this guy at all. Apparently, from what little I've read about him, uh, he's fairly easily influenced by people around him. So I don't know if, if he's sort of the the wimpy younger brother or what, but I, I think that William has yelled at him a few times. I guess they've had a few fights over the years. Yeah, I was I was reading an article just the other day that he was screaming at him for something, yeah. So, I don't know. Brothers, if, I, if I were in the royal family, I wouldn't have left. Brothers are known to fight. That's that's not uncommon. But uh, I would think growing up in that environment where you're so cloistered and so uh, watched and uh, so uh, so much publicity on you that you'd find some common elements to to help each other out and you know support each other. But yeah. Maybe not. Well, it's got to be tough living like that. I mean, even presidents say it's tough living in the bubble for four years or eight years. Imagine doing it your entire life. Well, Thomas Jefferson called uh, being president splendid misery. <laughs> and and Lyndon Johnson, he was so upset because after he became president, nobody would come over and, and, and drink and play poker with him. They wouldn't come to the White House. And they'd say, you know, Mr. Mr. President, you're president now. I can't do that. And these are senators. <laughs> <laughs> well, didn't Harry Truman call the White House the crown jewel of the uh, jail system or something? In this yeah, it was something like that. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh well. I liked Harry. Harry was fun. He was an interesting guy. He had a he had a way about saying things. He was pretty straightforward and didn't mind cussing and took the responsibility though. Buck stops he, here. That he was did. his, you know. He did. Now I'm not sure what he took responsibility for, but he did take responsibility, yeah. and that's a good thing. Yeah. All right. What else we got to talk about today? Well, you know, the, the Russians are bombing the crap out of the infrastructure in, in the Ukraine, and I, I guess half the country is, is struggling now that it's getting colder. They're they're having problems heating and uh, electricity's out, and the Russians are going after their water supply and their their whole infrastructure. So I think at some point we're going to have to step in there and do something, Ken. I don't know if, if we have that uh, will or not, but... Majority of the public is uh, supporting our involvement in in the Ukraine. And they won't. They won't support our guys over there. Not yet. No. But I guess you, Ukrainian officials said that uh, the Russians fired more than seventy missiles on Friday. Seventy, and the Russians uh, they released a, a press photo of them loading a, a nuclear ICBM into oh. one of their old uh, old silos. So I guess they're they're trying to scare everybody into thinking that they're ramping up. Well, you know, they're also, I'm just seeing reports are using now ammunition from way back in the Cold War. That some of it's no good anymore. That's how far behind, that's how many, um, that's how much of the, um, just regular bullets and things like that I'm talking about that they've used already. They're running out, apparently. Good. Yeah. Good for them. So I'm oh, sure they're, they're trying to wrap this. They're trying to wrap this up by just inflicting as much pain as they can before they can get some negotiations. I don't think the Ukrainians are going to negotiate at this point. I think they're pretty po'd, buddy boy. I think at some point they're going to have to. You may be right. I mean, how how long can the world keep sending them free stuff? Well, I, I don't know. We sent Great Britain free stuff for for three or four years before uh, we entered the war in World War II, we supplied them with everything, uh, tanks, ships, ammo, food. I mean, we shipped everything except the kitchen kitchen sink over there, and I think that uh, we probably considered that too. But I don't know if the British actually used kitchen sinks back then. (laughs) (laughs) They're now the leading third world country closely followed by Canada, but uh, we still love them. Oh, absolutely, sure. But I, have, I just fear that the world's going to lose interest in this and its patience is going to thin pretty quickly. You may be right, but uh, I, I don't think that, that our leadership will, and, and that's what happened prior to our entry into World War II, is that uh, the country did not want to be involved in another world war, another European war. Uh, but uh, Roosevelt and his inner circle, they pretty much uh, decided that we were going to supply the, the British and uh, hold the, help them hold the line. And he knew at some point we would have to come into the war. And I guess uh, Pearl Harbor was a was a, that point. Yeah, that was that was the turning point. And then the country did a 180, and everybody was signing up to. Uh, be in the army or the navy and or the marines or whatever and go to war and uh the women came out and went to work in the factories and you know the whole story from yeah. there yeah let's hope we don't have to do that no i hope not too but uh, the russians have got to be stopped and if we don't 
you know, the Chinese are going to take this as a sign that we're not going to stand up to them either. So, yeah, that's true. Appeasement never works. I mean, that's just the bottom line. No, Neville Chamberlain taught us that. He taught us that. (laughs) Yeah, he did. (laughs) And and now Japan has uh, they've shifted their policy from peaceful defense uh, to they're 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 ready for offense, not just defense. They're preparing for offense. They're ramping up their navy. Um, they've got these pretty cool uh, uh, ships that can fire rockets, and uh, they're they're basically forward attack ships. And uh, so, since know, World War II, they've been what as far as defense, just purely defensive. Defensive, yeah. They nothing not, offensive whatsoever. No, they have not had any offensive weapons. Supposedly, now you know that. That is something you take with a grain of salt. But now they're openly displaying their offensive uh, naval weapons and their armies being built up. And, you know, they're buying arms from us and they've got the F-35 jets. And I mean, they're they're taking this seriously. Well, they should. (laughs) They're right next door, you know, between North Korea and China. Yeah, they really need some offensive weapons. Oh, yeah. And uh, don't forget that uh, the Chinese tried to invade them back in the 12th or 13th century, and that's when the the, the uh, typhoon came along and, and destroyed the Chinese Navy. And uh, that was, they called that uh, the, uh, what they call that, the divine wind. That was the what, kamikaze. The kamikazes, yeah. Yeah, that was the divine wind. And that's still in their collective memories, and that's a thousand years ago. <laughs> so. <laughs> They're not real, real keen on having the Chinese come and take over their country, and I would imagine they they put up a pretty good fight. Yeah, well, we'd be right there with them at that point. That would be a whole NATO thing. So, I hope. Doc, I got a question. You want to do? You want to run a contest and uh, maybe get a break after that? Yeah, let's do that. I don't know how we doing so far this morning. Anything interesting or what? Anything interesting? <laughs> yeah, everything we talk about is interesting. Okay, good. All right, listen. Let's do a question. Let's do a question then, yeah. Um, Essa, by the way, we're giving away two Dr. Bill, your Radio MD coffee mugs. They make great Christmas presents. And the number to call is 877-969-8600. If you are the first person to answer this question, the question is, what device, what device frustrated the doc earlier this week? And it happened at the uh, hospital. What room are you doing? Some nuclear thing, you said? <laughs> what? Yep. Okay. <laughs> I believe nuclear it was... computer camera whatever. Oh sh- no! Don't give away the answer yet. So what device? <laughs> I think I think he just did. But let's try anyway. What device? First, that was the fastest fingers contest. What device frustrated the doc earlier this year? <laughs> earlier this week, rather. Eight seven seven nine six nine eighty six hundred. The number to call eight seven seven nine six nine eighty six hundred. You be the first caller, and you will win. See you after the news, Doc. Phone's ringing now. Yep. All right, we'll be right back, buddy. Here's the latest from the Answer News Center. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. The Department of Commerce adding 36 Chinese companies to an export controls blacklist citing concerns over national security. The addition of the companies to the entity list 
means that export licenses will likely be denied for any U.S. company trying to do business with them. It signals a hardening of U.S. efforts to prevent China, especially its military, from acquiring advanced technologies. Elsewhere, Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin has banned the use of several Chinese-owned apps, including TikTok and WeChat, on state government devices and wireless networks. He calls them a threat to national security and a, quote, channel to the Chinese Communist Party. The leaders of Hungary, Romania, Georgia, and Azerbaijan have finally uh, have a, finalized rather an agreement on an undersea electric connector that could be a new power source for the European Union. This is SRN News. Hey, I'm 860 The Answer. Listen on our website, theanswertampa.com. 93.7 FM. W229DJ Dunedin. By downloading the Answer Tampa app or on TuneIn or Odyssey. Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical. Located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Full service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, home of CanCare, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. With social distancing and sheltering in place, telemedicine is here. Bay Area Medical, home of CanCare Clinic, offers telemedicine for new and established patients. You can see me without an office visit. Schedule an appointment at 727 384 When it's time for your appointment, type this web address into your cell phone or computer web browser, doxy.me forward slash Bay Area Med. A cell phone works well and is all you really need. For computers, you need a web camera and speakers. We'll give you this address when you call for your appointment. We accept most insurances and travel insurances. Canadians and visitors, please call your travel insurance company for an authorization number prior to the visit. Co-pays and deductibles apply. Self-pay rates are available. Just ask. We accept credit cards, PayPal, and Stripe. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. My friends at St. Pete MRI and Sleep Diagnostics are your best choice for state-of-the-art MRI, CT, and sleep studies. Quality unsurpassed. 25 years experience makes St. Pete MRI my go-to imaging center. Self-pay rates are competitive and out-of-pocket cost a fraction of a hospital. Conveniently accessible from both sides of the bay at 750 94th Avenue North, St. Pete, near the Gandhi, 727-577-2220, 727-577-2220. The latest from AccuWeather at the top and bottom of the hour, only on AM860, The Answer. Today, low abundant sun and clouds with a high 68. Tonight, clear to partly cloudy and cooler with a low 45. Tomorrow, comfortable with plenty of sunshine and a high 72. Tomorrow night, patchy clouds with a low 58. Tuesday, cloudy with periods of rain. Sun will be heavy and a thunderstorm in the afternoon. The high will be 71. That's your accurate weather forecast. I'm Garrett Beck for AM 860, The Answer. And I'm back, and Ken's with me, I think. You still there? Yeah, you bet I am. We have a winner, Doc. We got a winner. Who we yes, got? We have uh, Patty O'Ryan, and hey, I'm telling you, this is an authentic Irishman. <laughs> Patty O'Ryan. I could tell just talking to Patty that he was happy to win, and he was a winner. Patty, o, uh, Patty O'Ryan of Pinellas Park. You Pinellas won. Pinellas Park. 
Yeah, you won too. Dr. Bill, your Radio MD coffee mugs. Because you knew that the device giving Doc trouble this week at the hospital was, what was it, Doc? It was that darn computer in the nuclear lab. There you go. <laughs> all right. I guess it didn't like all the nuclear uh, material floating around in the air. But uh, Well, neither I would like, I. I like it, dude. I like oh. it. You like little, glowing at night, do you? Uh, well, a little increase in the uh, background radiation chronically actually is protective um, so that people that work inside the nuclear plants, you know, that, that work around the containment fields and all that, and uh, radiologists and cardiologists who are around nuclear material, they have all-cause lower disease uh, rates than any other groups. The only thing they have more problems with are, are, is trauma, you know, because you wear the uh, the heavy lead outfits and the, the, contain, the uh, special suits and all that, and, and so your neck and your back become ruined early on, but... Honestly, I'm I'm happy to work around it. Doesn't bother me a bit. Well, you're the first one I ever heard say that. So, I mean, that's true. It's called the theory of hormesis. It was proposed by a researcher years ago, and uh, you learn about that when you get your nuclear license. You have to take the course and study all that, and know what uh, what all the terminology is, and how to handle it, and and where to where to dispose of it. You know, like. And Biden's. <laughs> Wait a minute. I didn't say that, did I? So a little low-level radiation, not so bad for you, apparently. No, not bad. Not bad at all. And you know how that you can tell, uh, one of the ways you can tell if a painting is a forgery after uh, World War II? Because there's a little bit more radiation in the paint. Get out. Honest to God. No <laughs> kidding. It's one of the ways they they uh, they they tell how how old the painting is, whether or not it's a forgery. So you get a you know a 500 year old quote quote masterpiece, and uh, it has an increased amount of radiation in it. That's that's not 500 years old because after Hiroshima and Nagasaki, and of course all of the tests that we did back in the late 40s and 50s, uh, there's a lot more radiation around. I had I had never heard that before. So it's still all floating around out there. Well, I mean, some of it is, yeah. You know, a lot being of absorbed. Is, yeah, it gets washed into the into the waterways and then into the ocean and sinks down to the bottom, and the little fishies eat it, and then you eat that, and then you glow in the dark. <laughs> well, I don't so like I'll, to work anywhere I have to put on a lead suit, so I'm staying in radio. There you go. But you should carry your Geiger counter with you. And you guys all wear little badges, don't you? We're supposed to, but usually I just put mine on a shelf. And then once every three months we send them back in uh, to the company. It's a big scam because there's really no evidence that that it, it, it does anything except when you're pregnant. Now, then we have to actually uh, calibrate and, and watch how much radiation you get. But as long as you wear your lead aprons, you're pretty safe. You know, that, that little quarter-inch, uh, half-inch of lead will stop 95% of the radiation coming out. And they're getting pretty small, these x-ray machines, aren't they? And, they're, and the, the, the collimators are so, they're so well uh, coned down that uh, we don't even, uh, for like in my office, for my x-ray machine, although we do have lead in the walls, you don't have to have that anymore. You hmm. do not have to have. I didn't know you had to have lead in the walls to begin with. Yeah. 
in the old days, yeah, because, you know, the machines sprayed radiation all over the place. So you were in a solid lead-encased room, basically. Yeah, the, the walls are, they were lead up to about six, seven feet, uh, so that uh, anything that hit them would not escape the room. And uh, I've even put in lead walls. It's, it's fascinating. You have these pieces of drywall that have lead, and they're, they're not easy to handle. <laughs> I'll bet. they got to be yeah. pretty heavy. They're pretty heavy. They are. but Not something you get at Home Depot, I imagine. I don't think Home Depot carries it, but I'll call them and let you know <laughs> next week. Right. So uh, I was reading an article in the South China newspaper, you know, that comes out of Hong Kong. And I guess they picked up an article from uh, the BBC in Madrid uh, that there is a town in Spain, in northwestern Spain, it's for sale. $259,000, and uh, it's got uh, 44 homes, a hotel, a school, a municipal swimming pool, and even a barracks building that was used to house the civilian guards, you know, the uh, like the, 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 the National Guardsmen. For 200, so, how much? 250, 260, 259,000, 260,000, basically. That's a deal. So, yeah, that's a good deal. That's been vacant for several years it was built as a, a place for i guess public workers and and then everybody moved out after whatever project was done was done and so uh the guy that wrote the article i guess he's living in hong kong too and he said you can't even get a parking space in hong kong downtown for two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year <laughs> so, so you can go buy a town for more for less than what you pay for a parking spot. And um, apparently in some of the higher-end neighborhoods, you can pay over a million dollars a year to have a parking spot. You have to buy your spot. That's crazy. It, that's It's craziness, guy. It's craziness. That's one of the reasons I'm not moving to Hong Kong, or at least I'm not bringing <laughs> my car when I do. All right. A little crowded there in Hong Kong, I guess. I, one of the most crowded uh, cities in the world. I guess the density is is tremendous. That Meanwhile, is, back here, what, I'm sorry. What that and Tokyo, I guess, are two of the biggest. Yeah, yeah, they're they're very dense. But you know the country that has the highest density population in the world? I'm going to say Mexico. Nope. No. The what? Netherlands. The Netherlands. The Netherlands. They have the highest population density in the world. The they're Netherlands. Such a country. You know, they're just a little pipsqueak. That's of, true. Yeah. Yeah. They have to squeeze them all together. Yeah. The, and, uh. You, you can ride your bike all over the Netherlands, uh, but you'll never really be. I mean, there is countryside, but it's it's not like countryside here where you can go for several miles between farmhouses. You know, it's mm -hmm. like you go a few hundred yards and you're at another farmhouse. Well, but, I have to check out the Netherlands one of these days. Yeah, yeah, you should go. And now that you can get a $500 round trip ticket, why not? That's Easy. a pretty good price for Europe, yeah. That's cheap, baby. That's cheap. And even with all the increase in, in fuel prices and the cost and the labor cost and, oh, my gosh. And now with the with the COVID sweeping through China and all the factories being shut down and all the shipping being shut down, everything's going to get more expensive for a while. But that's life. That's life. So now the Biden administration, they're they're going to implement a new rule that if you have a boat, a motorboat over 35 feet, 
uh, anywhere between Florida and Massachusetts, you can't go over a certain speed limit certain times of the year when the right whales are making their way down the coast to go to the Caribbean and I guess have fun and, and make babies and have babies or whatever they do down there. I, I guess they do pretty much the same thing we do when we go down there, hang out and, you know, drink margaritas and put on their little party hats. But uh, because I guess there's only 55 right whales left that they can count. And a couple of them have been run over by these big motorboats. So the speed limit's going to be 10 knots, which is about 11.5 miles per hour for all boats over 35 feet uh, for several months during the year. So if you own a 35 or bigger boat, um, I'd suggest that you travel up the coast at a different time of year than when the right whales are coming down. You might want to call the right whales and, and you know, get their schedule. <laughs> do, they, but, do they have a website, do they? I think they do. I yeah. think they got a Twitter and a Facebook account. Is this all the way up the coast? I mean, how far out in the sea? Well, th- that's the thing. I mean, how far out do we do we claim territorial rights? What, 12 to 15 miles now? I don't know. Well, it's if you're in China, they, you just claim anything. Well, they, the Pacific is theirs. Uh, the whole Pacific now? Well, that's great. The whole yeah. Pacific is theirs, so anybody goes out there has to pay a fee. <laughs> There's an impact fee. Oh, well, I have to pay rent now. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, you know, the right whales, I think they're going to start charging, too, if you drive up and down the coast in your boat. I guess a sailboat's okay because it doesn't have a prop on it. And at any rate. You're not going to go much faster in a sailboat. But I would understand the boaters being a little upset if that goes from basically New England down to Florida. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. And supposedly... Uh, five, uh, there have been five deadly boat strikes of right whales uh, in boats be- between 35 and 65 feet long over the last 15 years. And, of course, if there if there's only 55 right whales that they've counted, you know there's a lot more because right whales are pretty smart animals, so they may not want to be counted. You know, they may, they may, like Elon Musk, they may not want anybody to know where they're at. And so they're... They're going dark. That's okay. <laughs> I think we have the captain on the phone. He might want to chime in on this. Hang on a second. Oh, the captain? Is he, is he for the right whales or against I'm, them? I don't know where the captain stands I, on I, whales. <laughs> well, I'm just going to tell you about the right whales because this is hilarious. Florida, kind of. Five hey. of them have been killed the last several years. Five by big ships. Ocean-going big ships. Not just 35-foot-long vessels, but we're talking about uh, uh, steamships, okay? That's number one. Number two. Wait, um, hey, Captain, Captain, there yeah. are no steamships anymore. Well, okay. <laughs> they that's, went out uh, with the last Yeah, well, that's, I'm back at the Titanic movie, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but anyway, because I watched it again last night. But anyway, um, so they got this stupid 10 mile an hour, which is uh, 10 knots, sorry, 11 and a half miles an hour out 10 miles. And they're going to control it with the Coast Guard, with the helicopters with their boats and all that. Now, if you hit a white whale, what do you think the fine is? A hundred million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> nice guess. Fifteen grand. Fifteen grand. Well, you, that's not bad. If you kill a black bear in, in uh, Pennsylvania, it's 10,000 if you shoot well, a black bear. So anyway, that's the deal with the white whales. And it really is stupid because nobody's going out there intentionally to run over a bunch of whales. Well, I've 
tried to hit a couple of them, but they're a little too fast for my little rowboat. Well, how do we get the whales to swim in the protected, protected zone? I don't well, know. Put some electronic devices on them or something. Figure out where they're at. Well, I mean, they're intelligent animals. So there should be some way we can, uh, you know, teach them how to how to stay in their own lane. We should have lanes set up, <laughs> you know, right. just like we do with airlines and shipping lanes and all that. But uh, it's not un, uncommon for the big ships to run over things in the ocean. I mean, you got a ship that's a thousand feet long, and you can't just stop hey, it Doc. on a dime. Hey, Doc, before I leave, I want to wish you Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. If I don't see it, I probably won't. But anyway, uh, and then number two, I was up in Newport Richie yesterday in Boston. It's not my favorite place in the whole world, go. And some people up there said, is the doctor really in the radio station? I said, well, he's on the air for radio station. You can hear him tomorrow. So you might have some new listeners as a result. Like, well, promo for you. Well, thank you, Captain. I, I appreciate that. And I'll send you your, your Christmas present and your bonus check uh, right after the show. <laughs> Ken, make sure we get that out, buddy. <laughs> you take care, my friend. Always a pleasure. You too. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. And we're going to give Jesus a little nod. It's his time of year. Nice guy. Good Jewish kid. Lived at home with his mother <laughs> till he was 30. Yeah, that's right. And uh, then he became, I guess, he became uh, like a god, a superhero. Yeah, he became a savior. Go figure. Huh? Yeah. Good, good gig if you can get it. Yeah. Not not a bad gig, but it ended up in a little bit of a <laughs> unfortunate situation. Well, yeah. But in the long run, it turned out all right for him. Yeah, in the long run, it turned out all right. And he got a lot of good press, and he's done a lot of good things for humanity. So we love that. Now, did you hear about the new school up in New York City? Um, no. The, the, apparently, some students have taken over the uh, the administrative offices, and they're demanding a whole bunch of things. One of the things they're demanding is that everybody gets an A in every course. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> Even if you drop out, if you get an incomplete or a, a, a dropped out, you still get an A. They want an A, and they also want to take over the dean's uh, uh, condominium, which he gets as you know a perk for being the the dean of the school. And they want to take that over and make that common property mm-hmm. for parties, mm-hmm. of course. And uh, <laughs> I can't believe they they want actually want everybody to get an A. They're not kidding. No, they're not. They're kidding. not kidding. You're, I thought you were joking, but this is true. No. Apparently, well, that's ridiculous. Yeah, and so the uh, the the uh, the word from the university is that they support free speech, and uh, they will listen to what the students have to say. But I don't see how you can have a school where where everybody gets an A and they don't even have to go to class. They don't have to show up. They don't have to take a test. You well, can yeah. Avoid. Why leave the house? Well, it's going to be a very small uh, population of people because the tuition's like fifty or sixty grand a oh, year. Okay, so they figure they're paying for the A's. Yeah, you just buy the grade. Yeah, you just buy the uh, diploma. I thought that was outlawed, but maybe not. Well, okay. Well, then at, at, at Oberlin College in Ohio, uh, they got into a lawsuit with. Uh, with the company because they claimed the company was racist and this had been going on for years. Finally, the, um, I guess it was a, a cafe or a, a barista or something restaurant. And finally the, the, uh, the, the company, the uh, little business sued, guess what? Hmm. After years and years, they won. Did they? So Oberlin's paying not a big sum. I don't know, 15 or $20 million, but that's healthy. Yeah. I mean, look, 
you got to stand up for yourself, Ken. You can't let uh, you can't let a college push you around. I try not to let anybody push me around. It was a bakery, by the way. A bakery called it racist, and uh, over so it was thirty six million dollar settlement uh, that came after years of a long uh, defamation of of character or defamation of business lawsuit, and, and uh, you know, good for them. I'm glad. Yeah, absolutely. And Oberlin's, uh, you know, it's a good college, but it's uh, ultra liberal, of course. I don't know if you know Oberlin. It's in Ohio. Um, I've, small, I've never been. I've never been there at all. Yeah. So it's a, it's a small private school. And uh, did you know there's a school called Miami of Ohio? I've heard of Miami of Ohio. They've got they have a pretty good sports team at one point. I think they did in years past. But they're on the Miami River, which weirdly is in Ohio. <laughs> well, in Chicago, there's a picture. Uh, there's a statue of Lincoln in Grant Park, and in Lincoln Park, there's a statue of Grant. So, go figure. Things are topsy-turvy. I'm not not sure if they just made a mistake or got lost or what was going on there. So, at any rate, the the bakery is called Gibson's. So, if you're up in that area, you might drop by, and they've got candy, ice cream, and baked goods. Yummy. Kind of makes me hungry. Yeah. (laughs) So, the funds have been dispersed, and the family is contributing some of it back to – uh, charities and rebuilding the bakery. Well, good for them. Back up. I, w- I wanted to tell you, uh, we now have in the office for sale. Uh, do you know what diclofenic gel is? I do not. Why don't you tell me what it is? Well, it came out originally as Voltaren gel, and Voltaren is an anti-inflammatory in the same family as ibuprofen, you know, Advil, and Aleve, and all those. But it's a topical, so you rub it on, and there's hardly any absorption into the system, so it just acts locally, and it comes in 1% and 2 and 3%, uh, depending on where you are in the world. Now, in the United States, the 3% is a prescription, and so I guess the company that made the Voltaire and Gel had the lock on it for decades, and they were charging like 1000 bucks for you know, 100 gram, 3 ounces of this stuff, which is absurd. Well, now it's gone generic, and uh, the price has been dropping, uh, but uh, it's still not inexpensive. You, you might you might pay up to uh, three hundred uh, up to a hundred dollars for a vial of it. Sorry about that, folks. Some of my uh, some of my homies don't know I'm on the radio right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Any rate, so we're gonna we've bought that from our wholesaler off and on over the years for our personal use. Uh, but we're going to start selling it in the office. Um, we'll try to keep it down to about 80 bucks a tube. You might be able to find it cheaper, but it's a, it's a nice convenience and it's the 3%. You can get over the counter, you can get the one or 1.5%. Why they make this a prescription drug? I have no idea, Ken. It's just one, another one of those federal stupidity things. And we're also going to carry a generic of Viagra. So we're going to have the 50 milligram tablets. Uh, we have been carrying the 20, which we use for high blood pressure in the lungs, because uh, you may not have known this, but the blood vessels in the genitalia and in the lungs are similar. And they respond pretty much the same way. They dilate when you take the uh, Viagra. 
So we use it for people who have lung problems with high blood pressure in their lungs to help open up the arteries in their lungs. I think Vi- Viagra actually came, they were trying to create a new blood pressure medicine. And that's where they came up with Viagra. Yeah, and uh, it, it didn't do real well for, for blood pressure, but all the guys were like, hey, <laughs> what's that? <laughs> so things started popping up that they didn't expect. Okay. And uh, that's okay. You know, another use for it. Uh, so, Yeah, I mean, the medicines have multiple uses all the time, don't they? Oh, yeah. We found, we found more uses for more things as the years went on. You know, we used to use methotrexate is just as a cancer agent, anti-cancer agent. It's a, what we call an anti-metabolite, but now in low doses, we use it for autoimmune diseases like rheumatoid arthritis and uh, uh, psoriasis and all kinds of different things in the same way with, uh, with some of the other cancer agents. We're using them for all kinds of things. And we even have a topical um, uh, medication that that is an anti-cancer medication that you can rub on uh, low-grade skin cancers like basal cells that are that are just on the surface. And if you put it on for four to six weeks, it'll usually get rid of them. Yeah, so they just keep finding new things for old medicines. Yeah. That's good. You got about so, three minutes here, Doc. Poor Elon Musk. I, I got I to gotta feel bad for him. Elon, you're feeling bad for Elon? Yeah, because, you know, people are tracking his jet, and I don't like that. I want well, him to he, stay alive and make money because my wife's got so much of our retirement plan. <laughs> <laughs> we got to protect this guy. We got to keep those rockets going up. Yeah. So my next door neighbor, she's like, why don't we help the poor Chinese out and give them our vaccine and blah, 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 blah. I said, Barb, come on. They didn't want to buy it. They don't trust our vaccine. They don't want to pay for it. What do you want us to do? You want us to give it away, Pfizer and Moderna, you know, the mess, the mRNA, mRNA vaccines for the COVID. And now that they've had this big COVID flare and they don't know what to do, guess what? They're buying the Paxlovid from Pfizer, you know, the antiviral pills that uh, I told you about months ago. Mm-hmm. And we prescribed that. So now they're buying huge amounts of it. Well, there's not enough out there for the whole Chinese population because Pfizer can't produce it fast enough. So Pfizer's making a windfall, and I think Pfizer's stock jumped on Friday because of that. <laughs> and so the the mainland Chinese are using this now, uh, and they're they're paying big bucks for it too, guy. Well, I got to do something. Whatever they're doing over there is not working. Obviously, they're still in lockdown everywhere. So. Yeah, and well, part of the problem is they developed their own vaccine, the Cinevax, which was a, a, a killed uh, COVID virus vaccine, which is not uncommon. We've done that before, but it, it just wasn't that effective. Uh, only had about a 50 percent efficacy rate and uh, you had to get multiple boosters. And, you know, a lot of people don't trust the system over there. So they probably acted like they got it and didn't. And who knows if you actually got it or if you got a placebo or you know, some research worker, some doctor, some nurse somewhere just said, hmm, I think I'll take this and sell it here. Have some salt water in your arm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But uh, this is a a big deal. You know, the Chinese, we think they're so advanced. And of course, we're, we're pushing that so that we prepare for when they are fully advanced, but they got a long ways to go. At any rate, Pfizer stock jumped, buddy. It jumped. So you're 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 good to go if you want to buy some Pfizer. 
and you got five hundred dollar flights to to Europe and Iceland. I, 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 I it sounds like you're planning a trip here, Doc. You're talking yourself into it. I'm talking myself into it. I'm going to fly to Iceland. Once you get to Iceland, flights are really cheap to go to Europe. So go over there and hang out for a while. We got about See, 25 seconds left. You want to give the phone number for the office? Yeah, we're at 727-384-6411. 727-384-641. Full service clinic, telemedicine. We got it all, Ken. We're your one-stop body shop. Doc, you have a Merry Christmas. You too, buddy. Talk to you later. All right. Take care, my man. Thank you for listening to Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Join Dr. Bill every Sunday morning at 9 for more insight, information, provocation, and fun. Dr. Bill Handelman practices in St. Petersburg, Florida at Bay Area Medical Can Care Clinic, 6399 38th Avenue North. For your convenience, telemedicine appointments are available. Call his office today at 727-384-6411. That's 727-384-6411. Or visit his website at Clinic. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.